I'm not going to preach long because I think the Lord did so much already. But I think it's important that when the move of God comes and there's something powerful that we see, that we go to the Word of God and we stand on it. Uh, all of the teachings and trainings and things like that that I put together are real heavy in the Word. Scripture after Scripture, because in my, in my personal opinion, the further out we go into the realms of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit, the more of a solid ground of the Word that we need to stand on. Right? We want to know that it's in the Bible. <laughs> Can I get an amen now, right? So, dunamis, power, right? The word power is, it means so many rich things, and the things I want to highlight today as we go into this are strength, power, and ability, power for performing miracles, and this is, this is season of my life, this is my personal favorite, moral power and excellence of soul. Moral power and excellence of soul. I know you guys are doing like the sit up, stand up, sit down. and all. Can we stand up for just one more second? Well, maybe like a minute. Yeah. And let's just close our eyes and turn all our affection towards Jesus. Jesus, we just thank you for the power of your blood and the power of your resurrection. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your omnipresence. There's nowhere that you're not. You're always there. You're always here. And Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. It's brand new every day. We thank you for your word, for the Holy Scriptures, God our lifeline, our launch pad. We thank you for the rocket launch pad of your word. And we thank you for the rocket, Jesus, and the fuel, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, feel free to sit down. And... Oh, Man, <clears throat> you know, there is a power that comes upon us and a power that dwells within us, right? Bill Johnson, uh, our founding pastor, senior leader in Bethel Reading, always says this, the, the, the power of God or the Holy Spirit will come upon you for the sake of the world and he dwells within you for your sake, And the power that comes upon us and, and dwells within us that is for our sake, John talks about it in 1 John 2, verse 7, where he's talking about the anointing which you have received from him, somewhat from Christ, abides in you. The anointing of Christ abides within us. Right, Paul talks about the mystery of the ages being Christ in us, the hope of glory. Right? 
And then there's the power that comes upon us for the sake of the world, which we're so familiar with, Acts 1 and 8. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Oh. It's like, here I am, Lord. Where's that coming from? Praise God. Yeah, that was... Okay. Well, we can go with that. Yeah. You know, we just recently had a conference up in Cleveland. Was there anybody present there? Well, on Saturday, Benny Hinn taught for two, probably two hours. And he taught in relation to his new book on the anointing. And this powerful story came out of that. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I don't know like what your stance is on Pastor Benny, but he is one of the kindest, most genuine talks openly about all the things he's been through. Men of God, really fathers of the faith that are still walking the earth that I've ever met. And you, you think, think about it. You, you know, Todd is a great guy. I, I love Todd White. We have Michael Koulianos. He's a great friend. We have all these different people. But Benny's like a father of, to that, to, to, the, to these, to us, Right? And I, I just give him honor. Uh, a good friend of mine happens to be his personal assistant. And, and God has given me just, God, such wonderful favor and, and grace to be able to, to know him. And But he said something. He said he was speaking uh, to Oral Roberts. Are you guys familiar with Oral Roberts? General in the faith, tent meetings, miracles, signs and wonders, Oral Roberts University. We're talking about so many miracles and the power of God moving in so many manifest ways. And, you know, he said some, Benny said something powerful. He said, the anointing that comes upon us will eventually destroy us if we're not intentional about the, allowing the anointing that is within us to develop. And he said, he asked Oral Roberts one time, he said there was some, a powerful minister who was living in sexual sin. Was, they knew, it wasn't public yet, but they were aware that he was having sex outside of marriage, doing this, and he would preach, and miracles and healings would happen. And Benny said, Oral, what is going on? How is it that he can continue to preach knowing that he's living like this. And he said, Oral said, oh, Brother Benny. He said, it's the anointing that comes upon him, that comes upon us as a result of our call. That's for the sake of the world. And that anointing will continue to come even regardless of how we're living for a season. And he said, then there's the anointing that's within us that gives us the character and the likeness of Christ, the love, the Galatians 5 and 22, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the kindness, the self-control, the ability to live according to the word of God, right? And, and, he, said, and he said this, he said, eventually if that, anointing that's within you isn't fostered, the anointing that comes upon you will destroy you, but it's a slow road. So people and ministers that are stuck in that deception, 
it's hard for them to see right away because it seems like they're getting away with it for a while, but eventually it will crush them and destroy them or their, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their life. And, and that's really captivated me because all that the Lord has been speaking to me is about the power of God to live like Christ. Right? And I think this is important and we need to know this where we're going with these level of impartations of power and things that are happening. We need to know the truth. Why? Because it's the truth that sets us free. Right? The Bible is the truth. We have to read our Bible. And we don't just pick stories and things in it that we like because we can relate to. We take all of it in. And none of us, without the help of Holy Spirit, could ever live according to what's in here. And like Yuri said earlier, I like that. We're not talking about being religious. He's talking about these evangelists that say all this stuff. I was like, well, praise God, I'm going to be one of them today. <laughs> like living according to this word. I can't do it alone. I have tried and tried. But when I yield and I learn to live a life and surrender to the power of his spirit, all of the sudden I'm fostering this new power, this other power, the power of Christ that's within me. And that's the light that begins to shine in us and gives us the ability to live in purity when we're not married. To not rage out on somebody when we're angry. To not get drunk, even if we want to. To be set free from the power of addiction and the power of heroin. All that stuff comes, you know, there is a power that can come upon us that can set us free, but the power that renews our mind and births his likeness in us is the power of Christ that dwells within us. Does that make sense? Right? And so, when I was a young man, oh God. And, and I mean, I guess I'm a middle-aged man now. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm an old man. I'm a young, I'm a middle-aged man. But when I was a young man, like, I pursued the power of God with everything that I had. Traveled around the country to other nations of the world, preaching the gospel, praying for the sick by the tens of thousands of people praying for the sick, seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. And it was awesome, and it was powerful. But when I was a child, I, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. And I lived like a child. And when I became mature and I began to grow and I started to come to the end of myself, I became a man of character and I started desiring power of God for his character, for his likeness. 
because I wanted to live in purity. I wanted to experience real freedom. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I want to see God heal the sick. I want to see him cast out devils. I want to see the dead raised. But I would much rather walk with a generation of people to see the fullness of Christ formed in us because then all kinds of healings and miracles. I'll tell you this, there is a greater power that comes through the power that's within us. And there's a greater measure of power that will come upon us through the power that's within us. I'm going to say that again. There is a greater power that will come upon us through the power that is within us. But we've settled for less. We thought that it was okay to continue to live in pornography or to spend the night at our girlfriend's house and do things that we shouldn't be doing. And we thought that we could get away with stealing this or doing that and it really wasn't a big deal. And, and, and this, it, at the beginning, it's not necessarily a salvation issue because we can always turn back to the Lord and repent. It's when sin is full grown and it becomes death that we have to worry about where we're going. <laughs> right? So it's interesting. The book of Matthew chapter 7 um, Something I really want to talk about here. Um, Matthew chapter 7. So the Lord's really been speaking to me about Matthew chapter 7. And you know, Matthew chapter 7, everybody quotes all of these different portions of Scripture from Matthew chapter 7 regarding different situations, circumstances, the Holy Spirit speaking to our lives. But really, and, and that's true, the Holy Spirit will do that. He'll speak to you through a word in the Bible. But there's a greater context that Jesus is giving through the message. Really, Matthew chapter 7 is part of a message that he was preaching. Right? And he starts out talking about Judge not lest you be judged. And he starts, talks about like looking at the speck in our brother's and sister's eyes while ignoring the plank in our own eye. Right? So what is he talking about? He's not talking about the power to perform miracles. He's talking about taking honest evaluation of our condition. Of our, of our condition in life. Right? And what's interesting is right after that, he goes into ask, knock, seek, and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So really, he's talking about removing this plank from our eyes. We ask for it. Right. You can take that scripture. It could be to getting a new house, getting a spouse, getting healing from sickness and disease. But the greater arching concept that he's revealing through that message is ask me to take the plank out of your eye and I will. I'll take it out. And, and what's, what's even, this, this is just amazing to me. The next verse is about broad is the road that leads to destruction, narrows the gate that leads to life and there are few who find it. What is he talking about? If you look at it in context to the previous sentences before that, right? 
and you look up the original language, narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there are few who find it. That word life is Z-O-E, Zoe, in the Greek. And that talks into and speaks of the fullness of who Christ is being expressed through us in our lifetime. <laughs> a lot of people preach it like this is about heaven or hell, and it could be preached that way, but there's a deeper meaning here that we have to see. Narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Why are there few who find it? Because they don't ask, knock, and seek to have the planks pulled out of their own eyes. You can't go through the narrow gate with a plank. He's, he's talking about the condition of man. The condition of our heart. And he's saying, if you will do this and go through the gate, you will find the road to life. And that is the road that very few people find. Why? Because they're not willing to be courageous enough to take an honest look at themselves and allow the Spirit of God to come in and allow other men and women of God to walk with them into freedom and liberty. Pastor Yuri can't push me through the gate. He can't walk with me through it side by side, but he can lead me to it. And he can celebrate if I choose to walk through, right? It's interesting, right? In the very next verse, he starts talking about false prophets. He says, you'll know them by their fruit. And we know that he's not talking about healings, miracles, signs, and wonders because he says they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inside they're like ravenous wolves. Again, he's talking about the condition of the heart. A false prophet isn't determined by the accuracy or inaccuracy of their words. A false prophet is determined by the ravenous nature of their heart to do ill will towards other people. So again, he's talking about the heart. He's talking about character. And then he goes on and, and he totally steps into a deeper place and he refers to the power that comes upon us. Right? And he says... There, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, this is verse 21, Matthew 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Well, he told us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Isn't that his will? Yes, it is, but there's something deeper that he wants us to see, right? And he goes on and he says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Right? This is right in the middle of the context of taking the plank out of our own eye, not judging one another for the stuff that's going on in our life, he addresses that pretty clearly. Asking, seeking, and knocking for the Lord to do it. Going through the narrow gate as a result of getting rid of these things in our life. <laughs> Whew. 
and the nature of our heart in relationship to the context of a false prophet and having a ravenous heart, right? And what's interesting, the very, he closes it in verse 24, he says, therefore, whoever hears, he's telling us the answer. He's telling us the answer. How do we not be a false prophet? How do we, how do we, not hear the words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. He's giving us the answer. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who has built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But, and, it was, yeah, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. He's talking about the fall. If you don't allow the anointing that's within you to give you the power to live according to these sayings of his, the rain that descends upon us will destroy us. God can do anything in a moment in his presence. He can heal the sick. We can cast out devils. We can raise the dead freely. We've been, we've received freely. We will give. But if we want to see a sustained lifelong blessing of God come into our life and our heart, we have to yield to the power of God that's within us. Think about it. Think about it. You could be, you could be in the heights of the presence of God feeling loved, feeling whole, feeling, feeling joy, and as soon as you choose to do something outside of these sayings of mine, what happens? All of a sudden I feel condemnation. The enemy's whispering shame into my ear. Maybe I'm not as who I thought that I was. Maybe I'm not actually his son. Because I wouldn't have done this if I did, would I? And then all these doubts creep in. Unbelief creeps in. The enemy starts having a field day. Thank God he forgives us 70 times, seven times or more in one day because we can truly repent and look back to him and find our way back into his, let me rephrase this. We never find our way back into his presence because he's always present. But we turn our attention back to him. Repentance is putting our attention back where it belongs. What, and when we say back where it belongs, it's not like you're bad because you looked over here. It belongs over here or else. It's like this is what he, where he designed it to belong. And if we choose this path, if we do these sayings of his, if we, let, if we take an honest look at ourself and look at the issues in our own life, and we keep asking and seeking and knocking. Does anybody know who Ruth Heflin was? 
She created uh, uh, Calvary Pentecostal Campground, wrote a book called River Glory, Revival Glory. Amazing, powerful woman of God. She said the greatest prayer that anyone can ever pray is God, change me. Change me. What does that mean? I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Because when we're like him, when he becomes our first love and we learn to live in union with him by letting go of that old nature and stepping into the newness of life, all of a sudden, his power starts to be revealed in ways that maybe we only had a glimpse of here and there before. But it becomes every day. You know, like this is, this is what David cried out when he said, there's one thing that I have desired. That will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold his beauty. The fullness, when you hear the fullness of Christ, right? That's what very few people find on the other side of the narrow gate. Why? Because they're not willing to let go of what they need to to go through. Does that mean God doesn't love us? Absolutely not. He loves us so much that he sent his son to pay the penalty of our sin, to set us free from sin and death, rose from the dead, sent the power of his spirit so that we could actually have the power to live like this. And I'll go back to the beginning and what I close here, the, the, the very beginning, when I quoted um, when I quoted um, Philippians, where Paul said, not that I have already attained or that I'm already perfected, but I press towards the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Like, he knew that there was more and he was going for it. But we don't have to become something in order to do something. It's in the time that we spend with him that we become something. And we can be doing something while we're with him. Right? You guys have heard me say this before when I was here. We don't, we don't become something to have a seat at his table. It's when we sit at his table that we become something. We don't have all these hoops we need to jump through to dine with the king. We come as we are. And it's when we sit down at his table and we start to eat of his heavenly delights that we begin to change. Really, it's a restoration because we're, we're, we're being restored back to God's intended purpose for us. He never meant for us to go through some of the stuff that we did. He never meant for mankind to experience separation from the Father. Can we stand up together?
interesting. It's like the gate that leads to life is the heart gate. It's the heart gate. I don't know. I feel like I need to say this, and, I, and I'm speaking to myself too. There are some things that we need to stop doing. And there are other things that we need to start doing. And if we can't stop doing them, we need to tell somebody, bring them into the fold, and let the Holy Spirit come in and work it out. Why? It's not about being punished for a wrongdoing. It's about stepping into a fuller measure of what Jesus paid for. I don't know how many people came up here for the altar call. A hundred, 125, that said, I want this power. Right? Well, if you want that power, let the power do something in you so when the power comes upon you, it doesn't destroy you. Listen, this is the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Right? We don't hear that preached very often, but it's still true. And like I said before, it's the truth that sets us free. Right? It's holy. It's sacred. This just isn't like a, we don't come in here because it's a fling and a, you know, so we can go back and do whatever we want when we leave here. This is a place of invitation, of sacred encounter, of being set free, of building community and family. And Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 says this, For this reason I bow my knees to Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant each of you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. He's not talking about what comes upon you. To be strengthened with might in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, so we're getting to the character He's kind of detailing what does this inside stuff look like. Being rooted, rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. The question is, will we go? Will we let him do it? Will we, will we be courageous enough to tell on ourselves? I've had to tell on myself a few times and I hated it. Because we want to do well. Right? We don't want to. We want to please our father. Not because we're afraid he's going to spank us. But, but because we know he loves us. And we know that he has more for us. Man. So put your hand on your your chest for me. I'm going to pray this prayer. We've had a powerful impartation here. But we're going to open up the altars again. And and if I could get the ministry teams from here to come up to and, and, and kind of help and 
And after we say this prayer, oh, shakaba. I believe, maybe we won't even get to opening up the altars. We'll see. But Father, I just pray. I feel like as we pray this, there's going to be some things that many of us, if not all of us, start to repent of. And we're going to pray this scripture and we're going to invite this power of God to come into our inner man so that we can live like Christ. This isn't legalism. This is invitation. There are kingdom principles in the Bible. If you do this, this will happen. They're promises. So, Father, we just, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you for your mercy and your grace. Whoo. I thank you, Jesus, for your blood, for your resurrection. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your dunamis power. Ha shakaba. And like it says in your word that we can drink of the one spirit. Paul said to drink of the one spirit. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will give you a drink from the wells that never run dry. Whoo. But I pray, God, that each one of us would be strengthened with might through your spirit in our inner being. And that Jesus Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, and that we should all be filled with the fullness of Christ. You know, whatever is coming to the surface in your life, just give it to the Lord. Repent. Turn away from it. Jesus, we repent. Jesus, we want you. You are the one thing, Lord, above all things that we desire. Let your holy power, let your dunamis power infuse each and every one of us in our inner man so that we can live a godly, moral life. So that we can bear the great power of your spirit that comes upon us for the work of the ministry that you have ahead of us and before us. Whew. Let's just wait right here for a minute. Just keep your eyes closed. Focus on him. Yeah, there's just like some people are being unraveled right now. The enemy has convinced so many of us that we're disqualified because of our shortcomings. But all we have to do is ask, seek, and knock and let that plank be taken out. So, Lord, we thank you Whew, for your holy fire.
for your holy power that rests upon each and every one of us.